This is section 18 of Mark Twain, A Biography, volume 2. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain, A Biography, by Albert Bigelow Payne. Chapter 122, An Interlude. The Gallia reached New York September 3, 1879. A report of his arrival in the New York Sun stated that Mark Twain had changed in his absence that only his drawl seemed natural. His hat, as he stood on the deck of the incoming Cunarder, Gallia, was of the pattern that English officers wear in India, and his suit of clothes was such as a merchant might wear in his store. He looked older than when he went to Germany, and his hair has turned quite gray. It was a late hour when they were finally up to the dock, and Clemens, anxious to get through the customs house, urged the inspector to accept his carefully prepared list of dutiable articles without opening the baggage. But the official was dubious. Clemens argued eloquently, and a higher authority was consulted. Again Clemens stated his case and presented his arguments. A still higher chief of inspection was summoned, evidently from his bed. He listened sleepily to the preamble, then suddenly said, oh chalk this baggage of course don't you know it's mark twain and that he'll talk all night they went directly to the farm for whose highlight sunlit loveliness they had been longing through all their days of absence mrs clemens in her letters had never failed to dwell on her hunger for that fair hilltop from his accustomed study table clemens wrote to twichell you have run about a good deal joe but you have never seen any place that was so divine as the farm. Why don't you come here and take a foretaste of heaven? Clemens declared he would roam no more forever and settle down to the happy farm routine. He took up his work, which had not gone well in Paris, and found his interest in it renewed. In the letter to Twitchell he said, I am revising my manuscript i did not expect to like it but i do i have been knocking out early chapters for more than a year now not because they had not merit but merely because they hindered the flow of the narrative it was a dredging process day before yesterday my shovel fetched up three more chapters and laid them reeking on the festering shore pile of their predecessors and now i think the yarn swims right along without hitch or halt i believe it will be a readable book of travels i cannot see that it lacks anything but information Mrs. Clemens was no less weary of travel than her husband, yet she had enjoyed their roaming, and her gain from it had been greater than his. Her knowledge of art and literature, and of the personal geography of nations, had vastly increased. Her philosophy of life had grown beyond all counting. She had lost something, too. She had outstripped her traditions. One day, when she and her sister had walked across the fields and had stopped to rest in a little grove by a pretty pond, she confessed, timidly enough, and not without sorrow, how she had drifted away from her orthodox views. 
she had ceased to believe she said in the orthodox bible god who exercised a personal supervision over every human soul the hordes of people she had seen in many lands the philosophies she had listened to from her husband and those wise ones about him the life away from the restricted round of home all had contributed to this change her god had become a larger god the greater mind which exerts its care of the individual through immutable laws of time and change and environment the supreme good which comprehends the individual flower dumb creature or human being only as a unit in the larger scheme of life and love her sister was not shocked or grieved she too had grown with the years and though perhaps less positively directed had by a path of her own reached a wider prospect of conclusions it was a sweet day there in the little grove by the water and would linger in the memory of both so long as life lasted certainly it was the larger faith though the movement must always come when the narrower nearer more humanly protecting arm of orthodoxy lends closer comfort long afterward in the years that followed the sorrow of heavy bereavement clemens once said to his wife livy if it comforts you to lean on the christian faith do so and she answered i can't youth i haven't any and the thought that he had destroyed her illusion without affording a compensating solace was one that would come back to him now and then all his days end of chapter one hundred and twenty two an interlude read by john greenman